Well, it is another edition of the We've Solved Nothing podcast, yet the second time we've done a live podcast in front of an audience. I know you love it. Uh, <laughs> I love it. Um, it. It'll have a different vibe to it. And also, we're cheating a little bit because we're, we're helping out a class, right? We're doing a little work for them. That's right. So as chair of the Department of Health and Physical Education here at Mount Royal University, I had to put that plug in because it is working hours for me right now. <laughs> um, I teach one class a year, and the class that I'm teaching is called Facility and Event Management. And the first project that I've asked my students to take on, which they're complaining a lot about, um, because apparently it's it's too daunting. Uh, um, I, you might be you <laughs> might be adding a little drama to that. It's possible. Anyways, the project that we've tasked them and my colleague David Finch, who's in the business school, and I have worked together on this, is asking the students to assess whether Calgary is a great sport and or recreation city. Um, and so they were presented with this opportunity, this opportunity um, early in January. And then mm-hmm. a week from today, they're going to be presenting uh, their findings in a public forum at the Canadian Sport Institute at Winsport okay. uh, in the Athletes Forum. And so I've told the students that you and I would spend the day talking or this podcast talking sure. about what our thoughts are on whether Calgary is a great sport and a recreation city. And uh, we'll allow them to to shout out some questions if they want to go in any particular particular ways or routes. So my, I guess what I'm curious about is the question, was Calgary a great sport and recreation city? Is Calgary a great sport and recreation city? Or could Calgary become a great sport? Because I think all of those questions are different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the question is, 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 is Calgary. Okay. Um, but then building on that, so what I'm asking them to do first and foremost is to even identify what are the metrics? So what are the, right. what are the inputs that would judge whether or not a, a Calgary is a great sports city? Is it facilities? Mm-hmm. Is it um, the number of participants? Is it the breadth and depth of program offerings? Right. So I'm asking them to determine what they think are the inputs. And they also have to think about a little bit what are the outputs as far as measurements go. Is it, is it public health? Is mm-hmm. it... Uh, public satisfaction? Is it community spirit? I mean, these are all, some of them are harder to measure than others. Mm -hmm. Um, But these are perhaps the things that they can grade to determine whether or not. And then, so then the second part of the project is then to assess where we're at based on what they determine to be the, you know, the factors that they think are most important and to compare us to the other you know, other like, right. like cities, you know, are right. we better or worse than Vancouver, better and worse than Quebec city, better or worse than Winnipeg. And even on an international scale, like Melbourne gets presented as the world's greatest sports city, but mm-hmm. are they, where do we compare? Can you even compare, you know, apples to apples? And then the last part of their project, and they have to do all this in about eight to 10 minutes. So again, it is, it is daunting to try to bring all this together, um, is to then say, okay, well, if we're not the mm-hmm. greatest sports city, if we're not the greatest winter sports city, whatever it is they determine they want to measure, how do we get better? And, right. you know, I think about some of the things and I, I, I'm realizing I'm going to put a bit of a kind of a temporal uh, marker on our podcast, but, you know, just yesterday, the announcement um, from Windsport that the Bobsley Skeleton Luge Run is going to be hmm. uh, shut down uh, later this year. You, you have been doing some work at the, at the corral. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, with the corral series. And, that, and the corral's going to go away. And the corral's going to yeah. go away. And yeah. so are, you know, are these examples of, of a decline um, of Calgary being a great sports city? And these are, the, these are the things that I'm asking my students to consider. Boy, it's a broad topic, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I mean, um, 
to me, you know, one of the first things that comes to mind just because of my background is, you know, are we talking about events and projects and sports that attract a lot of eyeballs? Are we talking about yeah. events, projects, sports that attract a lot of ticket buyers? Yeah. Um, you know, how many international events do we host? Do we mm -hmm. look, you know, do we look at the biggest sporting events in the world and go, well, we can't check that box, we can't check that box, we can't check that box. But recreation becomes a really interesting yeah. component to this too. Yeah. Because, you know, where do we define recreation? I know as someone who has traveled around North America that from a recreational standpoint, we are absolutely one of the best cities in the world. When you look at our park systems, when you look at something like the Bow River, which may be North America's best fly fishing destination. Right. Um, so, it, again, you've done a remarkable job of, of giving them a very giant <laughs> landscape in which to work. You're welcome. Holy You're crap. You're welcome, students. You are most welcome. I, I think, to me, the, the, the immediate reaction, and I'll just go to where I've spent most of my time, which is in the professional sports world, I would look at us as, in the past tense, having been a great sports city, but right now one with some immense challenges. Uh, and, and they're all facility-based. They are just strictly facility-based. And, and that brings us back to the age-old question of, you know, uh, who's responsible, who pays, where do we go, how do we do this? And, you know, not to relitigate things that have already been decided, but it's hard not to look back at the opportunity that presented itself this past fall. Oh, Rob, you're going to do this to me again. Yeah, I'm going to wind you up. <clears throat> this is where the beep, beep. <laughs> No, we won't. <laughs> not back you up, beep. wind you up. <laughs> oh, if only, if only. Yeah, you think, you think how the world could be totally different. Uh, mm. from a Calgary context as, right. as to whether or not we're a great sport and recreation city had we gone forward with the possibility of hosting the games in 2026. But we're not. So, we're not. We have to, so now we have to all on. of those opportunities have to be, yeah. you know, kind of brought up or, or mm -hmm. you know, obviously city councils just recently decided they, they're going to look at four major projects, which yeah. would go, quite honestly, which would be a great bonus for everybody. The yeah. field house, which... Uh, you know, again, not to write anybody's paper for them, but I will point out that this city does not have a field house. Edmonton, I believe, has four. Well, I saw three, I, I saw a comment that said we're the only city over a hundred thousand people that doesn't have a field Correct. house. Correct. Um, <laughs> Kamloops Canada. has one. Saskatoon <laughs> has one, and we we haven't had one. And as a matter of fact, that battle or that that discussion has been had in this city since 1970. Yeah. Right. That's right. So I, yeah. I I've, if I recall again, I saw that there was conversations, and those plans still exist. Yes. Uh, that a field house was right. being planned in the 1970s. And right. it's taken decades for it to get back on the agenda. Absolutely. So how do, we, how do we claim ourselves to be a great sport and recreation city when we're a city of 1.2 million? Correct. We're the only city in Canada over 100,000 people that does not have an indoor field house when the temperatures today are minus... Mm -hmm. 30, right. I think. Yeah, it wouldn't be a bad idea to perhaps have an indoor facility where we could recreate and participate. Having said that, what I think, to play the other side of the coin, what the strength of this city has been, in some cases, the entrepreneurship. And you had Foothills FC, you had the Foothills uh, Football Club come up and find a way to raise money. They built an indoor facility so that they could practice and play games over the winter. Yeah. It's not ideal. I mean, they like it. Don't get me wrong. It's not, you know, perfect. It's not giant. It's not multiple fields. But there is a sense of entrepreneurship in this town. There are crazy stories about um, there's a FIFA-level uh, soccer pitch in the south, just outside of Calgary in the southwest. A guy built on his farm. 
Just built it on his farm. <laughs> Big soccer fan, built it on his farm. The field so of dreams. if you're <laughs> in the know, you can play on this field. And there are teams that have come over from England to play in tournaments really? and things like that. That's the only way I found out about it, was somebody took a picture, and you're like, well, where the heck is this? It's outside of Calgary on the way to Bragg Creek, and he built it, and it's FIFA level the whole nine yards. So there's a great sense of an entrepreneurship in this city to overcome some of these barriers. But, you know, not again, not to point fingers or anything, but those are also very individualistic and very small in scale and not necessarily for the masses. Um, Quick question, kids. Uh, McMahon Stadium, how many days did they build it in? The answer would be less than 100. So just let that one noodle around in your head. Uh, so a city of 1.25 million has a building. An, its only giant outdoor facility for sporting events was built in 100 days and a, a billion years ago and in an area with sound bylaws. <laughs> we have some issues that need overcoming. Right? Yeah, and, and, and on my drive in this morning uh, from Cochrane with my colleague, mm. uh, Stephen Price, who's the dean of our faculty, we were talking, I was telling him about doing this podcast with you, and we were talking about the facilities, and I said, how is it that, you know, Fenway Park and Wrigley Field are, like, no one would ever question getting rid of them, and I said, well, I, you know, McMahon Stadium and the Saddle Dome, I don't know if they're quite at that level. Uh, no, no. <sighs> but, ha- you know, but having said that, there's a constant upkeep. You know, any how many people have been to Wrigley? Any okay, it is old, but there's a constant upkeep to it, and where they need to add, they need to add. Um, you know, the biggest, you know, from just from a pure customer service standpoint, is your amenities, right? Do you have enough washrooms? Are they big enough, <laughs> et cetera, et cetera? Um, we clearly know that that's one of the issues with our building, right? Mm-hmm. You know, it, certainly McMahon Stadium and things like that. You need history to kind of prop you up and I think there is history in McMahon but not of the like of, of Fenway or or um, you know of, or Wrigley Field or anything like that so we've we've danced around this a little bit but let's let's go back to the task for my students mm. you know what if, if you had to if you had to pick the parameters by which to judge uh, Calgary right now what would be the things that you would look at as far as these are the things I would judge these are the things I would grade when we're comparing ourselves to other cities so as I, far as a great sport and or recreation city. Remember, you can you can Yeah, and, and, and that's where I'm kind of mixed because, you know, as somebody who's kind of been in the professional sports world and the high, that high end, that's where my mind goes. And I do come to that, and I look at the facilities, I look at the eyeballs, I look at all of those sort of things. And, you know, just look no further than what Edmonton did with their arena – that brought them the Ivan Holinka. That brought them a uh, World Junior Championship, which, you know, not that long ago, uh, I guess seven years ago, was a split project. It's mm-hmm. no longer a split mm-hmm. project. They can host it. Um, just look at the number of concert and things that are going there. Now, you get new building fever. I grant you that. No. And, and there's a little bit of that. But I would say right now, no, we are not. You know, we need to invest and we need to regroup, uh, regroup. And the other thing is we need to look ahead. And the one thing, and you, we're what, 11 minutes and 20 seconds into this, and we haven't talked about esports. And you know how big a believer right. I am of where that's going. And that is part of this conversation. What are we doing to foster that? Having said that, I tend to be negative on that side. I would go to the recreation side, and as an outdoor person, as somebody who fishes and hunts and uh, – you, it doesn't get better than Alberta. It doesn't get better than Calgary. You 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 go this direction, and and you have some of the most pristine mountain wilderness areas that are available to to people mm-hmm. uh, anywhere in the world. 
Um, you go the other direction, and well, uh, you know, uh, prairies and, and cornfields and, and grain fields aren't a big deal for some people. They're huge for me because I, I'm a waterfowl guy, and I got a dog, so I spend all my time in the fall out there. The rivers, as I said, there may not be a better um, a tributary for, for fly fishing in all of North America than the Bow River uh, on any given day. Uh, you guys may not know this, uh, but you might find in the summer a former president or two of the United States floating down there. George, uh, George W. or uh, yeah, George W. comes up. Um, many golfers, many NFL players fly into Calgary, have their guy. They're out there on the river. There's more celebrities on the river fishing in the summer than than you can shake a stick at because it's that good. The internal park systems incredible. So from a recreational standpoint, yeah. I, I could make the case that yeah. this is the best that you're going to get in the well, world. Well, and I think, I think just the, the kilometers of bike trails mm. um, within the city itself, I think, are some of the highest in North America. I think right. the access to Bragg Creek now, if we, if we consider Calgary and its outlying areas, mm-hmm. I would say the mountain biking in Bragg Creek is, is second, second to Absolutely. Now. Um, the, the trails in Banff now potential for cross country skiing in the winter. Yeah. Um, you know, certainly from a Canmore, if we include Canmore right. and we continue to kind of go out further again, second to none. Right. So on a recreational level, I would, I would concur. I, I don't think on a four season style of city, mm-hmm. um, that there are many others that can match what we have available. Now, again, comparing apples to apples, how do you compare Bondi beach in Sydney to, being able to go to Sunshine or Lake Louise or Norquay or Nikiska. But it's winter. always been my belief that people in Maui really want to come here. That's how I get through the night. Uh, that they, They're tired of the, you know, the palm trees and the, the ocean and all of that and the blue skies and you know, great temperatures. They'd love to come here. So that's how I get through the night. But, yeah, but in terms of what we have in, in this city and those specifics, or within reasonable distance. Yeah. yeah. And, the, and the other thing, too, and my, I, my mom always remarks on this whenever she flies out from southern Ontario. So, you, as you know, I grew up mm-hmm. in St. Catharines. And whenever she flies into Calgary, and you know, particularly in the summer if we drive along memorial yeah. uh she'll always remark at how fit uh the populace looks you know this apparently is where all the beautiful people seem to come and congregate um and so i think from that perspective i think from a fitness from a recreation perspective i think calgary's batting above its weight yeah i, I can't speak to that part <laughs> well you're part I'll of the, no i'll take you're part, take, you're part of the beautiful yeah people, oh I yeah would no include you in that no group. i look out at the beautiful people i um yeah i mean i would contend i would even look you know selfless plug but i would look at a program like this you know and and how much of that has value to that recreation hmm. component even the sport component but you know it's funny prior to the start you did this great thing where you talk about two alumnus and and for what it's worth uh i can't swing a dead cat in this city without hitting somebody that knows David uh, and went to this program. Uh, having said that, well, you know, I would put... dead cat. Yeah, it's a big dead cat, but, <laughs> you know, you know, sure, a big tabby. But um, having said all of that, though, I mean, you know, programs like this also play a role in that. I mean, this is a destination program. Yeah, hmm. sure, you go on beyond this to, to other levels of schooling, but, you know, programs like this, um, you know, some of the things that other, you know, you know, SAIT and, and U of C, there's, there's great programs that, that blend in that and, and win sport, right? You know, the fact that Canadian Sports Institute is here and, mm-hmm. um, you know, right in our city, we have the ability to take a child and put them on a snowboard or skis yeah. within, you know, minutes of your home. Well, I, so, I, so let's, let's, let's build on that. Sure. You know, if you're comparing apples to apples and you're asking if Calgary is a great sport and recreation city, 
I don't think there's many cities that can argue for, like because we were talking about facilities, but wind sport. Like wh- where? What other city has that within the city confines? Where from the air from the airport? You think mm. about if you're hosting a, I don't know, half pipe event. Mm. Like how long does it take to get from the airport to the half pipe? It's what half an hour? Maybe. Uh, maybe that. Yeah, Stony Trail now. Like I. I'm trying to think of another North American major urban center that has that kind of facility in it. We've got a hand up in the back there. What? Yep. Yeah. So the, the, yeah, so the only half pipe in, within the city limits in the world. Yeah. So I think that's something to hang our hat on is that type of availability, that type of... Or, uh, or at least it was. <laughs> maybe <laughs> there could be another announcement coming out today yeah, yeah. Uh, closing it down as well. Yeah, Who knows? yeah. Yeah, no, but that's but that's another great point, right? If you value that, yeah. you know, a lot of international Lake Placid is not a, a big giant place. Park City, Utah is not a big giant metropolitan area. Yeah. There may be some who say, "Well, I don't, you know, I don't dig that." But for me, it's about the accessibility for for citizens. It's about getting that next generation. It's about, you know, that child. When the, ideally, if you look, let's just take the Olympics for instance. If you look at the Olympics as what the ideal is, is we want youth to watch this, be inspired, and get involved in sport. If that's truly what you believe the Olympics is all about, where better when it comes to winter sports than Calgary? Where better? Because you will watch something at the Winter Olympics and go, I can do that here. I want to try this. I am one. Now, how many of you, how many of you were born in 84? The 84 Olympics? Anybody? <laughs> All right. So in 1984, this is a good lesson for you. Uh, Willie DeWitt was part of a really good Canadian boxing team that went to the Olympics in Los Angeles. Well, the Russians boycotted, so there's no communists there, but it was still a pretty good uh, tournament. Willie DeWitt did really what became this big Canadian hero. He's from Grand Prairie. So I decided I wanted to box. So I boxed for a year because of Willie DeWitt. I am a product of watching a sport in the Olympics and going, okay, I want to do this. Terrible decision, <laughs> but I did it. By the way, Willie DeWitt, a judge downtown Calgary right now, too, by the way. Let's just throw that out there. He was supposed to fight. Well, I won't get into the Mike Tyson thing, but Willie DeWitt, very smart guy. But that was, that's ideally what the, the Olympics are supposed to do. They're supposed to inspire you. 23 of 29 medalists were touched, worked, had some role at wind sport in this last Winter Olympics? Is that number correct? Is well, it, it, it's high. It's, it's a high percentage. Although, you know, how many of them were actually homegrown from here? It doesn't matter. Oh, no, no, it doesn't matter. Right, they right. went there. That counts. It's here. That's what we're talking about. It's here, right? Okay. But so, you're, so you're making the argument that Calgary does a very good job of hosting speed skating events. Uh, all, it, all, these, all, these, all these winter Olympic, Paralympic-style sports. I'm not saying they're hosting them, David. I'm saying that they're here. Okay. And, and that, you know, maybe this, go, maybe this creeps back into my recreation argument okay. that, you know, if, if you were inspired by a speed skater, you could realistically, within a half hour, let's say if you lived in Evergreen or you lived in Cochrane, you could get to the Oval, you could take okay. lessons. You, from that standpoint, it's hard to think there's too many sports internationally you know, without going to real extremes, that you couldn't be inspired by and then participate here. Could the pundit, though, then say, well, who cares? Um, this, all the sports that we're really good at, as far as offering opportunities for people to participate in, right. really interest maybe 50 people. Well, that's, yeah, well, so? Well, I mean, but that, that, that's, but that, okay. 
back to the original premise, though. What's our where are we where are we going here? If this is eyeballs and tickets, yeah, we can okay. we can take the pessimist and we can say, oh, sure, you're right. But at some point, we need to disconnect that. Okay, so I guess the point I'm trying to make is this: Could right. you say that we're the I was we're the world's that. greatest sports city in sports that people don't care about? <laughs> sure, you could say that. I, 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 but that's factually incorrect too. Okay, because just because. Okay, how many hands up? How many have gone to a long speed skate, uh, long long track speed skating event at the Oval International? Okay, so not everybody. <laughs> a couple. There was a couple. one hand okay. that went up. Okay. But if we were doing this program in Amsterdam, okay, yeah. everybody's hand would be up, right? <laughs> Everybody goes. So I, I, I reject the notion that nobody cares, therefore it has no value. Wasn't that the argument, though, that the ski jumpers made, that this is huge in Latvia and Finland? And the response was, yeah, this isn't Finland, and this is not Latvia. Right. So people don't care. Nobody cared about tennis, Nobody cared about tennis in this country until a young immigrant got on a roll and Milos Ronic became a name. And then names after that came, now Pospisil. And, you know, Jeannie Bouchard, who should be better than she is, but <laughs> you, you, need, you need to find... Sorry, it, it, you know, we have been an alpine country but very rarely have broken through consistently at the top end. Yeah. We have not had a Lindsey Vaughn, if you will. Yeah. Um, we, we've had really good skiers. We haven't had really good, um, uh, 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 sorry, ski jumping. But we've had great, excellent snowboarders. And what has yeah. happened? Yeah. Snowboarding has – how many snowboarding here? Yeah. Okay? okay. If we were in Amsterdam, not very many. <laughs> Right? That's how she rolls. But you had, which came first? The half pipe or the guy who thought we should have a half pipe? Okay, yeah, yeah, I'll buy that argument. So sometimes it's a long game. Uh, okay, so let's, so, so going back to our question. Yes. Is what Calgary, was our question? Well, again, and as we're prone to do, we're not going to solve anything. In no. This podcast, but, uh, is Calgary a great sports city? And so we've talked about mm. wind sport being mm. a bit of a jewel and the fact that we have, we've talked about the recreation facilities. Yeah. So f- as far as participation goes, um, we started looking at uh, s- professional sport yeah. and where we rank. Yeah. Where would you say, what are, the, what are the parameters by which you would judge Calgary and compare us to, let's, let's, I'm trying to think of the other cities, particularly in the Canadian context. So the Edmontons, the Winnipegs, sure, uh, the Hamiltons. Well, I'm, Tron- I'm going to okay. So I'm going to I'm going to trot out this trope, and this okay. would be a good one. How many are you from Amsterdam? How many of you are not from Calgary? Okay. How many of you come in with allegiances that you know you got to the borders of Calgary and go, oh, I'm no longer a Leafs fan. I'm now a Flames fan. Right? It doesn't happen. This is a by nature a transient city. So I I would contend. Unlike Edmonton, which is a bunker. Like, you're all from Edmonton. That's our team. They were great in the 80s. Really great in the 80s. Fantastic in the 80s. We love the 80s. A bunker. It's a bunker. It's a bunker. So, okay, old man history here for you. The last time the Oilers went to a Stanley Cup final was in 2006. The next year they missed the playoffs. They had a really good run at that end of that year. I think they won something like 16 of 21. They, they pushed a couple teams out of the playoffs, played spoiler. That summer, um, you remember magazines, kids? Magazines were big. Um, but the old forecasters would come out in August, yeah. right? All the poolies would get their magazines. And magazine after magazine after magazine 
would come out and they'd always do their predictions and everybody had the Oilers, you know, up in the playoffs, except one magazine. One magazine said the Oilers are going to miss the playoffs. Front page of the Edmonton Journal. Middle of August, <laughs> this magazine had the audacity to say the Oilers won't make the playoffs. My God, get them. And that's what that city is all about. It's our team. We'll throw the jersey. We'll criticize them. But you won't. You won't. Vancouver's an interesting marketplace. Montreal's, a, that's a religion. How many people have been to Montreal? I love asking questions. This is cool. Do you get to ask questions like this all the time? You go there. It doesn't matter what time of year. Canadians, 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 Canadians. Uh, Ottawa is one of the weirdest markets I've ever been in. Like, absolute weirdest markets. Like, absolutely, they play the, the Maple Leafs and it becomes a home game for the Maple I know that happens a lot, but really to an extreme. Yeah. I think they're all different on the NHL level. I mean, you go to the CFL level, nothing. I feel sorry for Ryder fans because they care more than anybody else does. They really do. And I think it would be more fun if somebody else cared as much as they do. But it's like, <laughs> we're Riders fans. You guys suck. Well, maybe we do. I don't know. Don't, you know, there's this unequal level. And then beyond that, Winnipeg's been really good for minor pro ball. Vancouver's always had that A team. Edmonton's a good baseball town. Calgary's, again, back to facility, was okay, but Okotoks is great. Okay, so am, am I hearing you say then that we're not a very good pro sports city? No, you're not hearing me say that. Well, no, I, th- I didn't say that. I said we, the trope is that this town is very transient, right? Okay. Um, there was an infographic here recently about uh, Google searches in each province, the Google search you know, for what professional team. And Alberta was Edmonton, right? The Oilers. Everybody Google yeah. the most Google searches in this province. Um, I, I would suggest if you look at the bowl during a Flames game, it is red. Okay. You know, I don't think you see that kind of yeah. allegiance uh, mm, all okay. over the place. I okay. think from that standpoint, it's very good. Um, you know, uh, I look at the, the Stampeders have been a great, um, a great team for a decade now, uh, but playing a terrible facility, right? Um, mm. But they have a diehard core. Um, in terms of the context of, of, this, of this country, I think we're in the top half. Um, I'm not sure I want to pick. I, I'll, I'll give you a little promotion for Winnipeg. I think Winnipeg does an amazing job for a city less than a million people. Um, they just brought a Western League franchise in. Mm-hmm. They have an American mm-hmm. League franchise, an NHL franchise, a goal, uh, Northern League, uh, whatever league they're playing in now, a, a CFL team, plus mm-hmm. they're going to have mm-hmm. a Canadian professional soccer. It's a lot of professional sports in Winnipeg. Yeah. If they come out of this in a couple of years supporting all of those teams, they might be hmm. you know, the best in, in this country. And with the, yeah, from a facility perspective, with the football, the baseball, and the hockey, right. um, are arguably better and newer. Certainly. Right. And I, I would also say that you know, this is an interesting, from a media standpoint, this is a very interesting city because it is dominated by one team. Hmm. Um, I think if you go to Toronto, it's a Leaf city with a Jays bent, now with a very strong Raptors population. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And because of its immigrant population, I think it's also very international in its scope. Montreal, as I mentioned, I think a lot like Calgary. It's very one Edmonton you know, probably, you know, 12, 11 months out of the year is, is right. Oilers and one really good one for Eskimo sort of thing. Right. Vancouver's hard to, hard to pick at times. You know, again, they do really well with their uh, uh, MSL, MLS franchise, mm-hmm. right? So that's just from a media standpoint. Okay, so we've talked about kind of the pro sports side of things and where we would rank. 
I would agree. I would, I would put us middle of the pack um, within a Canadian context. I think the facilities are, are, a, are a factor that's hard to overlook mm-hmm. um, as far as you know, people's ability and willingness to, to attend and to embrace and to kind of get, in, get involved. I will throw this one out if you don't mind me just kind of co-op in this segment, and that is really interested to see what the Grey Cup looks like next year. Really shouldn't be hosting the Grey Cup you know, till we get a new facility, really, mm. you know, it's, 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 McMahon is what McMahon is. So now the pressure becomes kind of the build up, the parties, everything that goes around yeah. it. And I think Edmonton did an excellent job this year of, you know, setting the bar yet again. Yeah. And, and that'll be an interesting test. And, mm-hmm. you know, if Calgary can one up that, I think that goes a long way in, in speak. I mean, for instance, we talk about Toronto, you know, Toronto craps all over Grey Cups. Right. You know, they have to give away pizza and pop with tickets. <laughs> like, you know. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a good point. Right? And where's Halifax in all of this? Well, and yeah, so Halifax would be an interesting case study, wouldn't it? Because I think they're going to bring in two or three professional sport franchises potentially within Correct. the same two years. And very good at international events. Mm-hmm. Very good at international mm-hmm. events. Okay, I wanna, so I want to take a little bit of a turn now and talk okay. about what the outputs are of a great sport and recreation city. How would the students rank... How would they measure um, whether or not we are a good sport and recreation city? What would, the, what would be the metrics that they would measure as far as an outcome of being a great sport? Of a sport? pro sport team? No, I'll, you, if that, let's, let's, we can start there. Like, how would you measure that? Well, I think, okay, so let's go to the recreation side because we, we've spent okay. a lot of time. Let's go back over to the other side of the street. Participation, okay. don't you think? Okay, so participation of what? What are we looking at? Well, I think just who's using Okay. Like is, you know, how broad is your, uh, your audience here or how broad is your user groups? You know, how many people is to your point before great. We have a, a speed skating oval, but how many real speed skaters right. do we have? For instance, you know, how many people we have those bike lane. That's right. I was, I was, well, I, yeah. cause I saw a couple of city councilors yeah. bitching and moaning. Oh, sorry. I shouldn't be using that kind yeah. of language. Um, but well, it's a podcast. We can swear. <laughs> Uh, you know, expressing their concerns about the bike paths not being used yeah. last week when it was, again, minus 30. Right. Um, and they're saying, oh, you know, like, look, we spent all this money on these bike paths. What a fiasco this is. Nobody's using them. Well, it's minus 30. Um, but could we not, could that not be a measurement Absolutely. that they choose? And we say, we're going to decide to judge our city's recreation well, based on number of people who use bike lanes. That's cool because it goes back to the, the instructions that you gave your students here. They come up with the parameters. Yeah. How many of you, quick pop quiz, how many of you <laughs> feel taking your bike to work is a form of recreation? Wow, okay, that number is striking to me. Hmm. So you wouldn't have thought that. You no, have thought that I wouldn't just... have thought, no, I'm taking my bike to work? No, no, I'm just you know, too cheap to put gas in my car and ruin the environment. Um, or whatever. Huh. But, but that, to me, hmm. there's, that's perfectly, uh, yeah, I could be convinced at that point. So then there becomes a measurable. Right. You just go down, stand on, on uh, ninth and, and at 5th, and, and watch the meter go as the bikes go by. So that could be a mechanism. You go to yeah. five cities in Canada, yeah. and you stand at the whatever the corner is, yeah. and you measure the number of people that are biking to work, and we judge ourselves mm-hmm. based on that. Yeah, I'll give you another one. And it, I, I keep coming back to fly fishing, but I, I love it. But, you know, how many fly fishing guides are there in town? You know, how many... How many, who's making money on ecotourism? Mm. Who many, who's, you know, who's successful in that era or in that area? I mean, it'd be just a simple, 
Google search or just, you know, even Kijiji or something like that in different markets and go, okay, you know, I want to go fly fishing here or I want to go uh, rafting, you know, what, yeah. what is available. Just the kind of that, you know, that business culture yeah. component to it. Well, and so, again, part of the task for the students is they can pick, so they, they could pick if they wanted to, the number of golf courses um, sure. within a certain you know, perimeter around the city, and they could say that that's going to be their judgment on where we rank as a sport and recreation city. But they have to be able to then back up and say that's why they've chosen that. Mm -hmm. Um, And so the bike one, I think, if they can argue that that's a a measurement of the health or the participation of a city then that's the, the, the measurement that they, they've chosen to use. So they, they've been given some leeway as to decide as to what parameter they want to choose, but then they've got to be able to back it up and articulate and argue why they chose that and why they rationalize that that's, that's the important factor. You know, if I was doing this project, one of the things that just jumped into my mind would be um, 5K, 10K marathons. So numbers of people participating Num- in those. Numbers of events. Yeah, agreed. You know, how many of, how many... You know, where does the Calgary Marathon yeah. kind of fit? Where, where, how many triathlons are here? Yeah. Um, you know, there's, there's all kinds of little things that, you know, don't necessarily jump off the page at you right away, but yeah. would be really good markers, don't you think? Oh, I agree. And I, uh, yeah, but, and, and then again, if you chose, if you choose running, you know, again, that's, that's a particular choice. Mm-hmm. You could also, I think, then look at the breadth of recreation opportunities so i think uh water skiing as yeah. an example so what's it predator is it what's the name of the facility in the south oh yeah southeast i want to say predator bay but i don't know i don't think that's right um but apparently well, it's, by it's, DeWin. yeah but yeah, apparently yeah. it's world class absolutely world class. um as far as uh yeah. as a water ski venue which again is somewhat of an unknown yeah. is is spruce meadows um world cl- you know it's world class do you throw that into the mix and say, we have the breadth of recreational facilities and opportunities here that are unmatched on a and that, and that basis? I, I'm glad you brought that up because all the way back, I think I mentioned entrepreneur, entrepreneurial earlier. That's the best example of Calgary and entrepreneurial. Yeah. I mean, there, there's no real reason to have world-class show jumping here other than the Southerns wanted it yeah. and went to the extent of building it. And that's a legacy, right? No, that's to me is... Just as much as Cowboy Hats, the Calgary Tower, the Stampede, Spruce Meadows is synonymous with this city. Yeah. Right? And I, does that fall into pro sports? I think it does. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, no. I think, I think you could argue that. And, you know, going back to the recreation side, I think one of the yep. things that we've talked about, we had a chance as a class to go down to the newly opened uh, YMCA in the southeast. Mm-hmm. Uh, Seton, I think, is. No, Brook, Brookfield, Pro, Brookfield Properties. Is that? Um. We, so we, we had a chance to go on a tour of that facility, and so my understanding is that the city of Calgary has opened, I think it's four new facilities in the last uh, couple of years, yep. two of them being the largest wise in right. the world, yep. uh, with the one being bigger than the next. And so, you know, is that the measurement as far as square footage of recreational facilities now? So maybe we don't have a field house, but maybe we have more recreational facilities than other comparative cities and so again this is the task that i'm given to the students is to determine which is more important and you know then how do we rank ourselves some of the things we were talking about is you know rankings happen all the time Mm -hmm. you know when you think about how countries measure themselves as being great sport countries and well is it numbers of gold medals is it numbers of total medals is it numbers of medals in sports that we care about versus Mm -hmm. sports that we don't care about i I mean there's lots of ways to you know skin a cat to go back to the cat analogy yeah um 
and sometimes people will pick whichever one favors them right. as, as, a, as an institution. We're dealing with that right now, whether or not we get into a Globe and Mail rankings or a McLean's rankings and which one's going to position us yeah. in a better light. Rankings are interesting, aren't they? Mm. So often they're arbitrary. Well, and so, yeah. but that's, and that's the task at hand for the students is taking an arbitrary concept and trying to yeah. make it less arbitrary and to come up with quantifiable and to specific measurements. Yeah. I, I, you know, there are so many interesting resources out there that, you know, I, I'll just give a little plug for some of the studies that have been done. Sport Calgary will have a couple on their website. The City of Calgary will have some studies. Uh, the, the numbers are always interesting because it's funny. You bring up the, the, um, the Ys, which are great facilities. We're still way behind on ice sheets. We're yeah. still way behind on ice sheets. We're still way behind on, you know, on those types of facilities. Um, you know, just the usage. The, uh, the we have one of the largest minor hockey associations in all of Canada. Hockey Calgary is one of the largest volunteer-run minor hockey associations. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, the 2007 SO Minor Hockey Week is the world record holder for largest hockey wow. tournament in the world. Uh, but we were constantly falling behind. You mentioned golf courses before. When I got here in 2003, it was the great expansion of golf courses. Right. What's been interesting is I would say it's it's kind of leveled off. There have been closures, but there's also been some new mm-hmm. opening. Golf would be a really interesting one right now because I think it's, you know, it's kind of its explosion is over and where is it settled. Again, all kinds of information and data out there on these and their usage right now. Mm-hmm. I want to I want to change please a little bit here. Uh, we're at a university. Yep. Where does university sport fit in all this? Great question. Again, um, your parameters in terms of opportunities. I think we are second to none in this in this country uh, with the three uh, institutions we have and the the scope of the sport that's available. The scope. I mean, I I sat waiting for you by your office, just marveling at that rock wall, hmm. you know, rock climbing wall. Um, you know, opportunities are, are there that I haven't seen before. Now, if you flip it to the age-old, why doesn't anybody care about CIS sports and why aren't there more eyeballs? U why, sports, Rob. Sorry, U sports. Uh, yes, CIAU, <laughs> right? U, U, U sports, right. But, you know, that's a different conversation. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just, you know, I've done a podcast on this mm-hmm. for whatever reason. Uh, I get so angry, so angry. Uh, with social media divas and, and, and important people that, that every once in a while, you know, something happens in U sports and they go, it's the best sport that nobody knows about. Well, that's because you spend all your time donkey talking about something else. <laughs> I, I get tired of that. It just seems, you know, trite to me. Um, having been around it, I love it. Um, I wish more people, I mean, look at the Crow Child Classic. Yeah. That, you know, you could make a case uh, a very legitimate case that that only happens in Calgary. Mm-hmm. Having said that, back in the early 80s when I was growing up in Edmonton, I do remember seeing the U of A Golden Bears and the Nate Ooks <laughs> playing at the then Edmonton Coliseum. <laughs> um, and they had a similar size crowd. Um, but once, not this was what year? Right. This is the. Uh, seven? Is it seven? Seventh, right? Yeah. And it's just, it's going strong. So to me, there's, you know. There, to your point, there's a positive, right, about this city. Another positive about, you know, the opportunities that, that lay there mm-hmm. for a student athlete. Well, and I would say, you know, the success of teams, you know, Mount Royal is a, probably a bit of a transition phase going from college I, I to a university. So. Yeah, yeah. But certainly as a college, you know, I, I seem to recall us raising a banner saying we were the most successful college 
over a 50-year span in a Canadian context from a success perspective. That's very San Jose shark-like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, No, the San Jose sharks are terrific for their game notes. (laughs) No team in the NHL on Tuesday nights playing on the road scored more goals than this. So I I always laugh at those. Oh, in the 50 years, you know, since 2002 to now, we're the best. let me have it. Let me have it. All right, you can have it. Um, The University of Calgary arguably is one of the more successful universities from an athletics perspective, I would say. Certainly, certainly football. 20 years. Right. Um, yeah. So I, I, think, I think you could make the argument that from a university perspective in college uh, with Sate and, and I'd throw Sate in there too because Sate was yeah. pretty dominant. Some pretty um, dominant teams too. So we, I, I would say that we've ranked highly there. I, uh, Rob, I'm going to suggest, can we pause this for a second and then let's come back with some other questions. All right. So we're back. We got some questions off the air. Where do you want to start? Um, the one question that I thought was interesting focused on trans. Well, they were all interesting. Very interesting. Um, focused on transportation and the accessibility of facilities. And so whether or not Calgary is excellent mm-hmm. um, as it relates to the opportunity for people to access the facilities. Uh, my, my first reaction to that is, is no. But I, I say that in part because I think, I think we're burdened by just the expansion of the city itself. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the actual, you know, the, the footprint of our actual city is massive. Right. And getting from one corner to the next, you know, the bottlenecks that you hit on a, particularly on a highway, and I, right. are not particularly good. I, the fact that Windsport is not accessible by LRT. Yeah. Uh, the fact yep. that this institution is not accessible by LRT, yeah. um, I think is a shame. Now, granted, with the plans coming forward with the Green Line, perhaps that makes us better. Well, it's not uh, bringing a train here. But it's not bringing a train here or no. Windsport. No. Um, and so I think from a, from, like, we are a car city uh, in, my, in my perspective. Um, well, we're cavemen's in our F-350s, oh, that's right. right? That, no, yeah, that, no, it's yeah, F, that's F-130, is that yeah, what, whatever, whatever it was. Yeah. But we definitely caved <laughs> in. Um, I think Ford actually appreciated that more uh, than anything uh, else. Uh, Anyhow. Um, <laughs> I would say no. I would say that we are, are not particularly strong from an accessibility perspective from a transportation infrastructure. So two directions I'd go in that. One, you're absolutely right. Um, I, I agree with you. I think we're very limited in our light rail transit. We don't have a sky system or anything like that. I, I would give you know city planners credit. You know, If it is going to be bus-based, all of these facilities are accessible by buses. Now, that's not ideal by any stretch of the imagination. I took, and I'm looking at you to make sure I'm okay with this, I took that question as being almost twofold in a way. One is getting there, but also, is, are the facilities accessible? Are the facilities there for people to use? And, mm. um, you know, I, I, I'm not the expert when it comes to, you know, the, uh, the accessibility of, of transit. I think it's better than it was 20 years ago. But the facilities themselves, you can speak to this better than I can, but yeah. I still look around and I still see hindrances and and i'll just give one small plug um because i think sometimes when we think about accessibility for facilities i was guilty of this i was always thinking of uh mobility and the the ability but um working we, we we started a hockey program this year for autistic and downs kids and one of the things that's come to light to me is our facilities aren't built for autistic uh athletes in the sense of they're very compact. They're very small. Our athletes need room to spread out. We can only partic- have our program in certain arenas because mm-hmm. we need bigger dressing rooms. Yeah. So just getting to the door is one part, but getting inside and being able to use the facility and have the facility meeting the needs of everybody, 
I don't think we're there yet, but I don't think anybody's there yet, David. Do you? Oh, I, well, uh, yeah, I don't think anybody's perfect by any stretch. No, here's, here's a quick teachable moment. Uh-oh. Uh, versus, as opposed to autistic children, how about children with autism? And then they're still children, but they also have autism. And opposed to Down's sure. children, it's children with Down syndrome. See, I, I just couldn't resist. No, no, it's couldn't, fair. Couldn't it's resist absolutely the, the, fair. The, 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 the teachable moment. I would say, from an accessibility perspective, we're not bad. Um, across the broad cross-section of ability, disability. Right, right. Um, but I think part of it is just the age of the facilities, too. Um, and so, sure. you know, facilities built in a different context in a different time where that wasn't first and foremost right. front of mind, you know, to, to retrofit them is an expensive proposition. Because I don't care who the user is. I don't, I, you, know, no. you know, if it's not easy enough if it's if there's a challenge to it you do not want to be spending 90 minutes to get someplace to participate for an hour and then spend a 90 minutes to get home totally agree. and, and i yeah. i think that is one of the challenges that you would have in accessibility in some yeah. some of our facilities well and so again you know you you talked about the bus like how would you get from windsport to downtown like you'd have to take a bus yeah i can only imagine how long that might take right um if we build a field house and imagine it's up at uh Stampede, Stampede Park? No, it's no uh, Foothills, uh, Foothills, Foothills Park. Foothills, yeah. Um, again, is that inaccessible to this massive growth of the population in the southeast of Calgary? Um, or the northeast of Calgary, quite frankly. I guess Stony Trail would allow them to, to get closer. But yeah. um, Calgary's a challenging city, I think, from a, a transportation perspective and getting from one place to the other, from an accessibility perspective in that regard. And then as far as... I guess the mobility, disability, accessibility side of things, I think we're okay, um, but we've certainly got lots of room for growth. Yeah, absolutely. Should we get to the last question? Yeah, the last question's great. All right, so if, if I can paraphrase one of my students, it was looking at the plebiscite. Right. Um, the fact that we don't refer to the new rink as a sport facility, it's referred to as an event center. Mm-hmm. Um, does sport have a bad name in this city? Do, you know, is is sport, sport, not highly regarded. Well, I mean, and again, to further boil it down, was it a referendum of, of Calgarians' mm. thirst for sport? Uh, is it a referendum of, you know, do we want to be a sports city, essentially? Um, and I, I, I disagree with that. I have some very strong opinions that we've shared on, on this podcast before, and I'll, I'll just restate them. I think that plebiscite had more to do with where we're at as a society and how we're dealing with our local politics uh, than it did with the actual hmm. question on the ballot, to be perfectly honest. And isn't that a shame for sport and recreation in the city for the next two decades? Right. But, and I think part of the question is, okay, then if not, then what? And how? What do we do? How do we convince mm-hmm. Calgarians? I don't believe we have to convince Calgarians. I really don't. Again, I don't think it was ever came down to, no, I'm against sport. Yep. Well, don't you think people <clears throat> kind of have the right to see, like, sport as having a bad name? Because, like, the Flames, like, it's no secret, like, it benefits the owners, the billionaires, and, like, only, like, the upper class really gets to go. So, like, do you think that... So the, que- the question essentially is, hasn't sport in a right, in a way, earned, you know... Earned that disdain. Earned yeah. that disdain. Look, the IOC very easily could earn that disdain yeah. just on the plebiscite issue alone. Yeah. It's only for the elite. It's only right. for the wealthy. Right. The, only the wealthy are benefiting from the right. building of new stadiums. It's only the, the wealthy that are actually going to enjoy the amenities, be able to buy the tickets. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, 
again, I, I stand by my position that that's not what I got out of the plebiscite. Um, but I think the point is the one that is always brought up. This is Andrew Zimbalist who has lived on this um, theory for many, many years as one of the, you know, I guess, vanguards of the anti-public money mm-hmm, and facilities mm-hmm. movement. He's been doing this for three decades. Um, I think it's incumbent upon sport to do a better job uh, of explaining their position and mm. explaining how and, and why. Um, you know, it, it, your point's a really good one, but I think we have to, you know, peel back the onion a little bit here. Where do the facilities come from? Do we want facilities, and how do we get them? I've made this contention before. You guys are a very interesting generation. Very interesting generation. You want the sausage, <laughs> but you want to see how the sausage is made too, and you also want to have some input on the contents of the sausage. <laughs> when the 1988 games happened, I can tell you there were facilities built for the games that were just built for the games. They were not publicly um, vetted. They were not studied. They were just built because we wanted the games. Not saying that's the right way. I'm just saying there has been a giant shift Mm -hmm. in how people see how their tax money should be spent. I come back to my point about the, the plebiscite. It was very much, you know, my side versus your side, right? Um, one side would say, doesn't matter. Yes side, no side, doesn't matter. This is my problem. Answer this question for me. The other side would answer the question, and then they would go, well, no, no, no. I don't want you to answer it. I want my side to answer it. Mm -hmm. And that's where we become as a society. To your point about, it's absolutely a valid point about who are you building the facilities for and everything. I don't agree with your point of view. I I think if you look at it, the greater public good is served in this. Um, my guess is somebody in this room has traveled to Edmonton to see a concert that they couldn't see in Calgary because there's been almost 40 concerts since that arena opened up that have not come to this city. There is some value to living in a place where you can go and be entertained by the things you want to be entertained. However, there's not a blank checkbook for all this. And I think we got bogged down in all of that. Mm -hmm. So I I do contend, and you can have your say in this in a second, but I, I, I do contend... That the plebiscite had less to do with whether or not we value the institutions of sport, whether or not we want to be a sports city, and more about the politics that we live in right now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That, you know, old people like me would say, we didn't have vision. We had visionaries. Back when I was a kid, we had visionaries. We had Ralph Klein. We had, you know, King. We had these guys with vision. And now the people that 30 years ago would have had vision are cast upon as what's in it for them. Right. Right. And that's the reality of the situation all across the board, don't you think? Yeah, I would agree. I think, I think the plebiscite and the response to the plebiscite was more of a, uh, something impacted by the economy, right. impacted by the political reality that we're dealing with right now. I, you know, I was just, it was just dawning on me, would we even be having this podcast had the plebiscite gone differently? Would we even be questioning if Calgary was a great sport and recreation city, if we were full steam ahead right now and bidding to host the games in 2026, or would people just be like, of course we are. We're not, we're not a great well, sports city. We're the greatest sports city. But I think it's important now to bring in the other question that was tacked onto this, and that is the economy. Hmm. And the fact that the economy is not good in this city right now. Was there, I think there was a very compelling case to be made about let's keep a tight rein on the purse strings because it's not the good times mm-hmm, anymore. Mm-hmm. We're not rolling in money, all of these sort of things. And, and again, I go back to, but but oh, yet, go ahead. But yet city council approves, I think, well, I, I don't think it was just the city, $500 million to upgrade the BMO Center. Did they not? Right. 
But the BMO Center will bring in. Wow. It'll bring in conventions. It'll bring in shows. It'll it'll boost the economy. Okay, are are the are the same economists that you know are arguing that that's going to be an economic boom? No, but as our young friend pointed out over here, there is this sense that if it's pro sports or if it's big time sports, you think the it's Olympics only carries for the that? Elite. Right. It's the only. Right. We don't want to put money into the princes of Switzerland's IOC accounts and all of those sort of things. I get that, and the one side did an amazing job of that, but. You know, it, it, again, the, the whole fun of the plebiscite was your taxes are going to go up. Your taxes are going to go up. Oh, good. We defeated it. Guess what? Your taxes went up the very next day. <laughs> very next day. <laughs> very next day. And they're going to go up again. But it comes, but it, to me, it comes back to, is it risky? Is now the time? You know, and I, I really do believe you guys have been given an opportunity about vision here. You have been given an opportunity about leadership here. And this all, to me, comes back to, I don't think leadership and vision are, are as accepted and as universally applauded. I mean, f- again, you saw, but, but the plebiscite, if Frank King stood up, if Frank King was 30 years younger right. and stood up, you know, in, in October and Frank King painted a vision. And I, I love Mary Moran. I work with Mary Moran. I think she's wonderful. I don't think Mary Moran's vision, and by, uh, you know who Mary Moran was? She was leading the the bid delegation or the exploration, the committee. The BIDCO. Bid, BIDCO, thank you. I, I just, I think the same thing would happen to Frank King. I think those days of, of looking at people and going, he's a visionary, he can lead us, we'll take those chances, we'll take those risks. We want to see how the sausage is made. Yeah, people, people were reflecting during the kind of the, the lead up to the plebiscite that in 1988, people were not for the Olympics until about two weeks before no. it actually happened. No. Um, and so people were poo-pooing it and crapping right. on it and saying that it was going to be the worst thing ever for our city up right. until the actual two right. weeks prior. Right. So the same sort of thing. Had we had to have a plebiscite in 19-whatever-the-year-was when we bid to host games in 88, that probably, might have, no, it, probably would have failed then too. Abs- absolutely. Absolutely. I, I just want to come back to that one more time about the economy. And that, that to me, is also s- such a huge part of all of this because the economy is the economic engine. Oil and gas is such an interesting thing to me. Because we know the damage that is being done. That we cannot argue. Uh, we need to look at sustainable, re- renewable resources. That cannot be argued. I, I get all of that, believe in all of that. Yet we are still a resource-based economy. And I can tell you that the dirty secret in all of sport, the d- amateur all the way up to pro, the dirty secret in amateurs and pro sport is we still need that economy. We still need the first person, you run in a golf tournament, <laughs> To, to raise money for whatever charity, you're looking for oil and gas companies to sponsor it. You're looking for oil and gas companies to buy teams. You're mm-hmm. looking for oil and gas companies to come and, and buy your silent auction items. That's the reality of it. There isn't a charity that I worked with. There isn't a group that I worked with that hasn't, we haven't said we should do X. We should have this kind of event. We need to get sponsors. The first thing that comes out of everybody's mouth is, do we know any oil and gas companies? <laughs> That's the reality of it. Back to your point about you look downtown, 30-plus percent vacancy rates. I mean, I, I don't know if anybody else saw this, but there was a building going up when the economy collapsed here, and all of a sudden they decided, we're now a pet-friendly building because we can't get anybody. You can bring your dogs. If you guys will move over here, everybody can bring their dogs. Like, we are in a time we've never seen before, mm-hmm. right? And, and part of it, 
to that point about, I think, yes, absolutely it shakes people's confidence. Absolutely, when you talk about people not working right now. I mean, we all know somebody, you guys are students right now, but you also probably need summer jobs, and I, you run into students, I'm sure, that are, mm-hmm. you know, were aces in your class that aren't working in mm-hmm. their industry or aren't working, period, right now. And, and then we're going to turn around and cut big checks and do this? That's the investment. Mm-hmm. That's the, the risk. And to be a great sports city, there needs to be risk. I agree. Yeah, yeah. Without risk, there's no reward. Um, and again, I think that's where I come down to the disappointment that I had. Why do we always come back to this? It's so depressing um, with the with the plebiscite. It's it was, depressing, but we can learn from it. Well, ah, this look at this group. Yes, These are our leaders. Yes, These yes, are our leaders. Yes, so somebody yes. in this group, somebody in this group is going to do something that is going to impact the future for Calgarians in a big way. What that is, I don't know. It might be you. You might build us <laughs> our biggest esports arena in all of Canada, and all of a sudden we become the, the hub for Fortnite 3, right? But somebody's going to do that. For those That's of, where yeah, the leadership I'm doing my from. Fortnite dance right now, right? For those of you unable to We're see. We're flossing up here. That's right. That's a podcast. They, they don't know. <laughs> They don't know, but but that's where you know that's where we got to you know that's where we got to go. We got to waylay the fears over here about giving money to rich athletes. We have to waylay the fears about risking in an, an economic downturn. We have to waylay the fears about well, nobody cares about Tabor or Caber tot or Tabor tossing, but uh, Caber tossing. It doesn't matter what the next sport is. Oh, it now does. you're now you're digging into me with the Caber. No, tossing. I'm just yeah. saying that. But back to your original point, somebody in this room is going to end up championing a cause that right now isn't that important. Folks, does anybody know the name Pele? Oh, please, anybody? Thank you. Maybe the greatest football player. Sorry, I refuse to use the S word. Maybe the greatest football player that you know, ever played the game. He was a member at the end of his career, the New York Cosmos. The New York Cosmos came to Edmonton in 1979 to play the Edmonton Drillers in the old NASL. And I went to Commonwealth Stadium, and I saw the New York Cosmos with 47,000 people. 47,000 people. That's it. Soccer's taken off in Canada. 1979, soccer's taken off in Canada. It hasn't. It has bumped along, struggled along for 30 years. And here's another incarnation. You know, it, somebody in this room is going to make a dramatic change to a sport that has not had the chance to grow yet. Mm. And it's going to be that vision. It's going to be that leadership. It's going to be that risk-taking. And I think the risk-takers are in Calgary. I think the risk-takers have had their hands tied a little bit. I think society, because of social media, because of politics, I think right now we're in a really murky spot that, again, back to my sausage analogy – I'm telling you, sometimes you just slap some mustard on it, eat it, and don't think about it. I'm here to tell you that's the way it can work. Having said that, it's going to kill you if that's all you eat. If all you eat is sausage, you will die. So somewhere in the middle lies the truth. Is that, that's, Rob, is that where we're going to finish right I, now? I, well, words of wisdom from Rob I, and Dave. I, I, don't eat too many sausages. Eat lots, but not know. too many. I'm not, right, sure, okay. I'm not sure we solved yeah, anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Rob, it was a pleasure. This is awesome. Having you on campus. Thanks, pal. Uh, And once again, we've solved nothing.